0: This edition of The Wellness Prescription is brought to you by Healthy Planet, making the world healthier and greener one day at a time. Welcome to The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia. I'm Tina Cortez and my co-host is Dr. Claudia McKellar. Good morning.
1: Good morning, Tina. We have a jam-packed show today. We're going to talk about the benefits of decluttering later on in the show, but first we begin with a new line of wellness teas. And you know I'm all about wellness. Uh Uh-huh. So here to tell us more is Jennifer Commons, and she is the founder and CEO of Pluck Tea. So thank you so much for joining us, Jennifer.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute honor to be talking to you, amazing ladies, this morning.
0: Oh, how nice is that? Yeah, I
2: know, right? Listen, <laughs> we are all about wellness
1: here on The Wellness Prescription. And I have to tell you, I've always been fascinated with tea drinkers. And I'm hoping that you can make me a convert because I drink coffee, but I'm very inser- interested in switching over to tea. So tell us about your story. How did this all happen for you?
2: Okay, well, first of all, I am happy to take that challenge on. <laughs> um, so essentially, uh, what I grew up in a household where we drank four cups of tea a day. Okay. Um, my parents are both born in Britain, and it was just a big part of life to always have that kettle on and, and drinking tea Uh, And and we really enjoyed those moments together. So when I became older and started working in the corporate world, I always turned to tea as that pause in my day and that period of time where I could just indulge in something for me. Um, I got frustrated about 17 years into my corporate life and decided that I really uh, wanted to take my passion for tea a step further. So I signed up for a tea sommelier class, and I became a certified tea sommelier over two years. Um, I took five thousand dollars in a credit card, came home, told my husband I quit my job, and I started plus tea in two thousand and twelve. so we're now nine years old, and the mission for the company was to fix restaurant tea because I felt that restaurants could probably do a little bit of a better job in making great cups of tea for their customers.
0: Wow, and so you began in 2012. How is it going so far? It's been a few years?
2: It has been a few years, yes so. We had, I started out blending the teas at my kitchen table. I mean, I think a lot of small companies start out in their homes. Um, I then took on some space in a basement that was kind of divided by a curtain, Uh, but I shared space with another company. Um, And from there, we grew and grew uh, mostly by word of mouth through the restaurant community in Toronto. Um, And then we started to spread across Canada. So uh, at last count, we are supplying about 600 restaurants across Canada. We're also available at indigo stores, And uh, we have some pretty neat customers, including Parliament Hill, actually, uh, House of Commons,
3: (laughs) uh,
2: and uh, as well as the Governor General's house. The company has definitely grown a lot over the past nine years. And we also have a very vibrant online store now. COVID has really been um, challenging for us, of course, with all these restaurants closing. um, Our business went down by about 85% last March. And we had to lay some people off, which was really tough. Um, But we pivoted. We started an online store. And... You know, really dedicate a lot of time and effort there, and our customers—I uh, guess—they they missed us from the restaurant world, and they found us. And so we're now selling a lot of tea online to people at home, and uh, spreading the tea love. Excellent! I'm so, so happy to, to hear. Yeah,
1: I'm so happy to hear that, and I think that's the message: is just pivot, shift, and do what you love. But I have a question for you that I think a lot of us share. What is tea? So there's so much misconception about what tea actually is. Can you clarify that for us non-tea drinkers yet?
2: You might be drinking tea and you don't even know it. Uh, So, (laughs) I mean, tea, I think, traditionally, tea is the Camellia sinensis plant. And it's a specific plant that's native to various parts of the world. And depending on how you finish the leaves from that plant, they could become a green tea or a white tea, or an oolong tea, or a black tea. So one cool thing about tea is that it's not unlike the wine world in that you've got one ingredient that can be made into a whole bunch of different uh, styles of product at the end. Now, tea, of course, has expanded to include anything that kind of comes to you in a tea bag. That encompasses herbal teas, fruit teas, uh, you know, non-caffeinated blends. Uh, there's all kinds of uh, wiggle room now. I think in the world, in the world of tea, and. Really, it's all about, you know, anything that you're putting hot water on. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, arguably, maybe coffee is a style of tea. I don't don't know if we will push it that far. Uh, But it's it's really a a very broad term. And I think that, you know, when you walk down the supermarket aisle for tea, it can feel a little bit overwhelming.
0: So take us back a little bit. How did you get into the House of Commons and Mm -hmm. the Parliament buildings?
2: (laughs) This is the funniest story. So um, I decided that I needed to do some sales calls and in Ottawa. So I loaded up my car with tea. Um, and I was driving, like, a pretty um, simple car at that time because I just started a company and didn't have a lot or large funds for, you know, a great car. Um, so anyway, I'm driving out to Ottawa, and uh, I was going to meet with a seafood restaurant. And the seafood restaurant was in a strip mall uh, at the outskirts of Ottawa, <laughs> and the chef was excited to meet me. Anyway, we did some tea tasting, and he looked at the products, and he looked at the pricing, and he said, you know... I don't think this is for me, but I know somebody. You should probably go and see. And so he gave me the number of the chef for uh, Parliament Hill. And I thought, okay, there's no way, but Mm -hmm. I'll try him. So I called the man, and he said, absolutely, come on in. I'd love to to taste your tea and and explore what Plexi has to offer. And one thing that he really loved is that we're using locally grown ingredients in our tea. So some of our product is uh, Canadian content, which, of course, for the government would be a, a very good thing. So I get to Parliament Hill, and I have all of these little tins of leaves and plant materials, and you know all the things that tea is. And I get to the security checkpoint, and some of the tea doesn't look like tea, right? It could be anything. So they're opening <laughs> up all these tins, and I'm at the security checkpoint, and they're like, "What is this stuff?" Because it's all tea. Um, and in 2012, I mean, all of these blends were quite novel and different, and and you know they hadn't seen that before. So I actually got a couple of customers. Um, out of that uh, exchange at the uh, checkpoint. Um, anyway, I got up to his office, uh, met with the chef, and he fell in love with it. And so he took the line on immediately, and we became the uh, C company of record for, uh, for Parliament Hill. And then he said to me, you know, I have this friend. You should probably give him a call while you're in town. And he handed me the phone number for the chef for the Governor General's house. And I thought, okay, there's no way. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way I'm going to get both of these. So I go up to, uh, to see them and uh, laid out my my spread of tea in the basement where, which is where the kitchen is at the governor general's house and had this crowd of chefs and people around me looking at it and and they said you know what this is great we love it so i got the order for the governor general's house and then he says to me you know i know someone <laughs> that you think you should talk to and he hands me the, the name of, of and the phone number for the chef for 24 Suffolk drive um the uh, prime minister's residence i thought okay Mm -hmm. there's no way (laughs) i'm I'm driving i'm driving my mom's old hatchback down sussex drive and let me tell you there are no addresses on any of these buildings i didn't know what 24 sussex drive looks like and there's no number on anything so i'm driving back and forth and i noticed there's this rcmp officer who's very large um standing in the driveway looking at me with this very confused expression and he was a little bit worried because that's what area of ottawa you cannot stop at you cannot slow down at You don't want to look suspicious anywhere near there because it's all embassies and, you know, important people. I Google mapped it. I pulled off and I Google mapped it, and I looked at the building. I said, okay, I know which one it is. I pull in, and the same man is standing there, and he says, can I help you? And I said, well, actually, yes, I have a meeting with the chef. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you're in the wrong place. I said, oh, no, he's like, go into the other driveway because you're a guest of the house. I thought, okay. So I go to this other driveway, and I meet with uh, another security person who knew I was coming and ushers me in. And there's this little parking lot to the side of the house, and I said, okay, I should park here. And he said, well, no, you're a guest. You should park in front of the house. And I'm thinking, <laughs> <laughs> my mom's old hashtag, parks in front of the prime minister's residence. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I walk in, uh, and I had a meeting with the chef there, and she fell in love with it and ordered tea. And so in one day, I became a tea supplier to two or three of the most important uh, locations in Ottawa,
1: that's fantastic. What a great story. But that leads me to asking the question of the wellness component of your teas. I'm sure that's probably what sold them on it, but let's talk a little bit about how you incorporated wellness into the teas.
2: Uh, there's definitely been a trend over the past, uh, well, I'd say, for, for decades, but definitely over the past five to ten years, you have seen a lot of wellness teas come on the market, whether they're promising weight loss or detox or... You know, there's all kinds of stuff out there um, that promises the world. And uh, I sort of felt that, you know, there was a gap um, that I wanted to fill. And the gap would be a line of wellness teas that was evidence-based. So working hand-in-hand with a nutritionist to uh, gather the research and to create blends that are not only delicious um, but also that are very effective um, and safe. And also to upgrade the, uh, the level of ingredient that's inside these teas. You know, you open up these wellness teas, the most popular ones on the marketplace, and if you cut open those tea bags, you see this powdery stuff, right? It's not really recognizable as any particular thing. It's just sort of powder. Um, the reason why tea companies do this is because it's easy to pack. They have all these machines that are built to pack commodity-grade, you know, ground tea leaves. Um, and so they can switch them over easily to do wellness. But also, um, it makes the tea infused really quickly. So if you, let's say, grind up a spice and you put hot water on it, you're gonna get a lot of flavor from that spice. But if you take a whole spice and you put it in a cup of hot water, you're not gonna get, you know, as much flavor at the first time. So what we did was we decided to take whole plant-based materials and have them chopped. So they're not powder, they're not whole, somewhere in the middle. So not only can you get the full benefit and the freshness of having it still mostly intact, but you can also reseep the teas.
1: What right now? What is your most popular wellness tea that you're that like you find most people are, are? Yeah, I knew that you knew that question was coming.
2: <laughs> I knew it was going to come. I mean, can you guess? It's 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 sleep. I mean, we all need more sleep, right? right. I think sleep is critical to our health for sure. Um, definitely sleep and and defense, which is an immunity boosting tea, which includes uh, ginseng, which is grown in Ontario. And right. we're only two weeks in. It's been it's been incredible since we launched this line. Uh, we have seen uh, a lot of our most popular teas fall down the ladder in terms of popularity. On our online store, our number two seller right now is our sweet tea. Hmm. And is that primarily <laughs> where our
0: listeners can find your teas online?
2: If they're close to an indigo store, you can absolutely find us on Shelf in Indigo. But for the wellness teas specifically, they're so new that they're only available online at pluckteas.com. And that's plucktea with an X.com.
0: That's fantastic. Now, I know BC, before COVID, you were in 600 mm-hmm. restaurants. Um, do you plan to go back down that road when we are back to some sense of normal?
2: Absolutely. My first passion is the food service industry. It's where, you know, the DNA of the brand uh, had its had genesis. It's, you know, my friends are there. I, I, my, my heart breaks for all of those people who are not working right now in food service and so we are absolutely ready and uh, excited to get back in there and do tea training uh, and to do menu development and you know a lot of the cafes in and around toronto and across canada are still open so we have had some you know some solid uh you know some business there and and that's been wonderful to see Uh, i think really it's the fine dining restaurants and the sit down uh restaurants that are you know the most compromised um, and we're looking forward to them getting back in business.
1: Absolutely. And I think I'm going to be a tea drinker for moving forward. But if our Yay. listeners, yeah, I know, I'm so excited myself. If our listeners want to uh, learn more about the teas or buy the teas, um, just let us know where they can find
2: you. So we're available at pluckteas.com. That's pluck tea with an S You can see me on Instagram as well. We have an account, Pluck teas, where we put lots of recipes and, uh, and tea ideas up there. Um, We're at Indigo stores and Whole Foods locations in Ontario and Metro stores as well.
0: That's great. Thanks for sharing your story with us, Jennifer.
2: You are most welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It was a real pleasure.
0: It was fun. When we come back, time for spring cleaning and why it's good for you. This is the Wellness Prescription on 1059 The Region. Stay with us. Have a question for Dr. Claudia? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us info at 1059TheRegion.com. The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription.
1: I'm Tina Cortez. And I'm Dr. Claudia. Our next guest is Varsha Singh. She is the owner of Clutter Be Gone. And boy, are we happy to talk to you today, Varsha.
3: I'm happy to be on here today.
1: Perfect timing. Yes, it's (laughs) springtime and it's all about spring cleaning. And I believe that we should constantly be redesigning and redecorating and removing all the clutter. So let's just jump right in and talk about the health and mental well-being that is associated with decluttering your life.
3: So we all know that spring cleaning is um, something that... Everyone does on a yearly basis, and um, a lot of people don't understand why we should spring clean. So um, just to talk about some of the um, mental well-being and how it actually affects us, um, clutter, whether it's physical or emotional um, or mental, directly contributes to the inability for us to think clearly, and because of that, it has the following effects on our mental health. So we've noticed with our clients that um, typically clients will have higher stress level, they'll have higher anxiety level, um, encourage depression through the clutter. Um, They find that socially they are isolated, obviously if we talk without 2020 as the um, quarantine aspect of life and being isolated from friends and family but uh, previous to COVID uh, people found with clutter it was socially enabling and um, they weren't able to uh, really be themselves and so they felt very isolated with that. Um, they also find the uh, the way down and the inability to see through um, their clutter um, can all have a mental um, effect on our well-being and uh, also takes away from the sense of purpose our um, ability to have uh, comfortable and um, efficient and and, um, productive sleep. Um, It also increases family frustration, and what we will attest to, especially during this time of being locked down, is... Um, the increase in arguments because of the time it takes to find something or the duplicate buying or the um, the frustration of seeing clutter. And also what we find and what most clients tell us is that it increased the hate of their home, um, of self, and somewhat of others because they're not happy with um, their, their space. So internally they are... Um, expressing that outwards.
0: so there are a lot of obvious effects of clutter in your home in your life is there anything mm-hmm. or is there such thing as healthy clutter
3: so healthy clutter typically we don't like to put the word clutter with healthy but <laughs> in a way that I would like to explain this to viewers is healthy clutter is clutter that is considered just everyday household clutter So clutter that can be easily taken care of, put away, cleaned up within five to ten minutes is ideal on a daily basis. So if you set a timer on your phone and you spend five minutes just picking up and tidying your home, that would be healthy clutter. Where the clutter becomes. Um, unhealthy is when we have, um, when it starts to affect the ability to think, ability to function, move forward, create or implement plans and systems. When we find that the productivity has been reduced and you can't really figure out how to move forward from here. Um, When we're not able to create and implement routines and systems, when things don't have homes, um, or easily identifiable of where it goes, where, it's, um, where we retrieve it, where we put it back. Those are typical um, healthy clutter is when things have homes, when we have routines, when we have systems in place.
1: I, I so I couldn't agree with that more. and I tell my kids at home all the time that every everything, every object in this house has a home. So let's just keep it where it needs to be. It wants It too wants to be comfortable. I love that we're talking exactly. about this. And Tina and I just discussed really briefly before this that I decided that I need to declutter my clinics. And it's such a good feeling because it's something that's been bothering me during this pandemic that I need to clear out some old textbooks, maybe make a donation somewhere. Are you too finding that during COVID more people are inclined to wanting to declutter and reaching out to your company more?
3: Yeah, I actually find that since um, we've we've gone into this quarantine and lockdown, more and more people are working from home if you're fortunate to still um, be employed. And um, what people are realizing and what is more visual to people because they're spending those 40 hours a week at home now versus at the office, they're noticing their clutter. They're noticing things that are distracting to them um, that that isn't able to make them think clearly um, and move clearly and, and easily in their home. And so we have found an influx in calls and inquiries on services.
0: So tell us a little bit about the Clutter Be Gone services. What exactly happens and how many of you or your team move into a home?
3: So... At Clutter Be Gone, we help our homeowners and small businesses to declutter and organize their spaces so they can enjoy a free, clutter-free environment. And with our attention to um, detail paired with the warm, compassionate service that we provide our clients, we're able to personalize experience fitting their particular needs. So every um, meeting with our clients starts with either a 5- or 10-minute intake conversation just so I can understand a little bit more about our clients. From there, I would do a consultation and needs assessment with our clients that typically runs about an hour to an hour and a half. I look at things like their space, the volume, I understand how they think, how they function, how that space needs to function for them or their family. Um, And then from there, we look at what works for them, what doesn't work for them, what their vision and goal is for the spaces. And then I would essentially quote and let the client know how long it will take to complete. Once they move forward, a team of two organizers typically will go into the space and work with the client hands-on to uh, follow our three-step process of uh, sorting and identifying um, larger categories within the space, ensuring that we touch everything, and then we would have clients either purge or pare down based on those categories. So our team would walk you through the categories, the larger categories, and you would determine the volume that you're keeping versus the volume that you're ready to let go of or pare down. And once those decisions are, are made, we will only filter whether it's donations or get rid of the items. If it's keep, we then um, create a system based on the way our client functions within that space, what their vision is for that space, Um, and, and implement that system so that by the end of the project, that client has a space that is ready to be used based on the visions and goals we talked about.
0: And how long does the project usually take? And do you take it room by room? And is the client with you along the way?
3: So, our projects are room by room because um, a lot of the times i like to say to clients when I go in, uh, this process is going to get worse before it gets better. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason for that is because we have to touch everything. So, um, the client has the option of working side by side with us. They have the option of um, just decision making. So, it all determines on how that client wants to work with our team. Um, There's other things that we take into consideration, like the ability for the client to actually physically work with the team, um, and if they have that capacity. If they don't, then the team will essentially work to get the categories prepared for decision-making, and the client would make those decisions because, at the end of the day, it's their items, and we just encourage a lighter load and help the client by asking questions, reframing those thoughts, and and um, how they're looking at that item to get them to come to that realization of, I'm going to let it go, or I do want to keep it.
1: So decluttering, I mean, in my mind, is a real daunting task. Like, I mean, I just think about my one kitchen drawer that just inundates me every time I try to open it and find one little thing. So what is your advice for people who feel completely overwhelmed with decluttering their entire home?
3: Step by step. So I would definitely recommend, um, you know, being clear about your goal, understanding your goal and your vision. Know what your limits are, understanding that everyone functions and operates differently. So if you can stop and understand how do you think, how do you function, what works for you on a day-to-day basis, those will all come into play when we have to, at the end implement a system then you pick the easiest starting point and you set up your station typically your station would look like recycling bags donation boxes garbage bags um, are uh, ensuring that we have the right tools like uh, painters tape, sharpies um, just to identify things whether it's keep or donate and then you want to start by Sorting and categorizing your items, putting like items with like items. So, for example, if we're working in the kitchen, we want to put, you know, all of your utensils together, all your pots together, all your drinking glasses together, all your mugs together. And through those large categories, once the categories are set up and you've touched everything in the space, you will then go through the categories and pare down. Once you've pared down and you see the volume that you're keeping, you can then look at the space. And again, how do you function? Are you right-handed? Are you left-handed? And all of those things will determine, okay, well, should my spice go on the right-hand of the stove or the left-hand of the stove? So those are all things that we look at, functionality um, of a space for our clients. And has
0: your process changed during this time of covid
3: The three-step process that we follow has been the same because we find that that works, having the client see what they have, have the client make decisions, and then implement. Um, What has changed for us is how we operate with our clients, so ensuring that we have the PPEs, ensuring that we're keeping the safe distance. Um, Things like, you know, not being able to work in certain regions have really um, affected some clients, especially those who are of, Um, the senior age who physically need the help and can't do this on their own and unfortunately our service is not considered essential during this time
1: so I have one more question for you so I have a personal rule in my own kitchen where if I buy one thing then something else has to go so I don't have repeats. so if I'm buying another new spatula the old one has to go out the door is that a good way Mm. to kind (laughs) of keep things under control
3: It's a good way to keep things under control, but you have to have the time and um, the awareness to be able to do that. So even before you purchase, what I like to say to clients is, if you're not going to the store or the mall with a list, to really, before buying or spending that money, to ask yourself, does this have a home? Will it replace something? Or do I even have space for it? And where will it go? Those are typically the questions that you should ask yourself before you even make the decision to take out the, the credit card or the debit card to purchase. Um, and once you determine and answer those questions, when you get home, the next step is to pull one out or what you're replacing it with and, and make that initial change. Um, another recommendation is each household should have a donation spot or a donation box or a basket. Similar to the way that we have our laundry basket, if we can set up a donation basket and a family can identify where that is, it makes it easy for people to let go or pare down as they either walk through the door or as they find things.
2: That's
1: a great idea. Yes, that is amazing advice. Thank you so much for joining us. If listeners want to learn more about you, how can they do that?
3: Well... Just as like I mentioned, the steps of you know decluttering and organizing. The best way that clients can reach us is through our website at clutterbegone.ca, and um, there they can actually check out our um, our decluttering checklist. So if they put in an email, there's guided steps to help our clients who want to try decluttering themselves. Um, so that's a great tool that clients can utilize.
1: Excellent.
0: That's terrific. Thank you for joining us. And Dr.
1: Claudia, please remind our listeners how to follow you. You can find me on Instagram at Claudia underscore Machiela or my website, claudiamachiela.com. That's our show for previous broadcasts
0: of The Wellness Prescription or for the podcast edition. Go to 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. The Wellness Prescription was brought to you by Healthy Planet. Order online at healthyplanetcanada.com or go online to find a location nearest you.